We've been talking about the renewal of mind for the whole of this year. What I mean by that is from the beginning of the year until now. And um, last week, we touched on transformation by the word. I was hoping to have finished so that we will look at the transformation and what by prayer as well, what prayer can do um, in the process of renewal. Um, but I felt that I needed to stop along the line. And so I'll have a short recap so that hopefully we can be able to finish um, today transformation by the word. Amen. We look at the fact that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and we realize that God as a matter of fact as we have noted also from the scripture that we have for the year um, says and that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Every child of God our aim is to make sure that we walk in the will of God our counsel is in the will of God. Everything that we do is according to his will. His will for mankind in the garden was exactly out, uh, just as he spelt it. But of course, the enemy came and decided to change it. And so when we get born again, we got to pray that we walk in his will. And that should be your desire. And that is what he says that, that you, um, especially if you want us to have um, we want him to have an influence in our lives and uh, in the things that um, we, we need to see. We'll be talking on a whole lot of things, God willing, um, as, the, as the time progresses. But we needed to make sure there was this restructuring, um, this, this, this uh, renovation. Um, 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 because unless there is that renovation, there's nothing that God can be able to have an input in us. Is that, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable. We want to be... In it, it, we want to do the things that are acceptable in his sight and what is perfect and also what is his will. And so in the times of old when we used to walk in our own ways and the standards of the world, we have been told not to walk in those standards. But we need to come to a place whereby God, um, uh, uh, God's will is what um, should be our aim. And um, we looked at the fact that the word of God is so important. In the renewing process, um, um, there, is, there is this word that he had spoken and the word that he wanted to be and the word in which he had wanted to communicate with us all the time. But of course, the enemy touched that bit and from that time until now, he's always been fighting with us. But God's word should be our priority. And um, every child of God that is born, if you come into the kingdom as an adult already, you, there's no way you're going to grow. Amen. You need to be born again as a child, as a babe, and learn. And we realize the, the necessity for us to take in the milk. Amen. And I was sharing with you about the fact that transformation doesn't happen automatically. Amen. Um, it, it's not about how many times you read the word and how many times you go and sit in church. Because many can sit in church for years, for 20, 30 years, and you, there is no renewal of mind, you know, or walking in the Lord, and uh, or saved, let me put it that way, and realize that still they've not had any renewal of mind. No transformation, you know, um, taking place simply because it doesn't just happen automatically. Amen? 
And um, uh, I liken it to the parable of the sower. We hear the word. We need to be able to make sure that it is falling on the right soil in order for it to grow. Amen. And we have to let the word of God dwell in us what richly. We also look at the fact that God's, God's word is profitable. You know, as um, we read from 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 14 through to 16, we found out that God's word is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, or reproof in some other versions, correcting and training in righteousness. We found out that teaching focuses on the mind and shapes our thinking. So some of the things that we've been looking at all this while is just um, focusing on our mind and shaping our way of thought. Amen? In the renewal process, we found out that rebuking pricks the conscience. And I said, if you look, remember, I was talking about the spirit and the soul. Your spirit man and your soulish man. And the conscience, you know, the conscience, the intuition, and, and, and your communication. That bit where it's in your spirit that you, you, you use in, in, in hearing and, and responding to the voice of God. You know, when we rebuke, your rebuking pricks that conscience so that we don't travel the wrong direction. Because remember, Scripture says that we are led by the Spirit of God. Amen? We are led by what? The Spirit of God. And so to be led by the Spirit of God, it means your spirit man should always be in tune with the Spirit of God. You are not led by thy soulish nature. Amen? Because the soul has the mind, it has what? The emotions and has the will. So where your will wants to go, because that is what you want to do. Your emotions, how you are feeling, and what you have put in your mind may not necessarily be what is the will of God. Amen? And so our conscience are pricked when we get a rebuking so that we get to know that, like Peter was rebuked, that at this time, Peter, you have just responded to the voice of the enemy, and the enemy's will is what you want to do. Amen? You understand that? So the Lord had to rebuke him at that place. Correction molds our will. All of us have a will. And um, sometimes our will will like to do what we want to do. And so correction, when we you know the word of correction comes to us through the word of God or however God will bring, we've got to be ready and humble ourselves to, re to receive it because it is molding our will so that we see the wisdom of God's plan. Because most of the time, we would like to do what we want to do, but the wisdom of God's plan is in correction and then in training, um, in righteousness, and that is to show us um, how to act more like Christ. And so in summary, I said that teaching tells, tells us what is right, rebuke, rebuking tells us what is not right, correction tells us how to get things right, and training shows us how to stay in the right. We also realize that God's word is his breath. Amen? God's word is his breath. And so anytime God is speaking to us, God is in the now, in the moment, at that time, speaking unto you. And the breath of God is what is breathing, bringing, you know, a word to your spirit, man, so that you can be able to walk in his will and the way in, manner, in, in, in the way and manner that he wants you and I to, to walk. So... The, the, the breath of God, the, the created, you know, being, God breathed in us. And, 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 and it is that which is so, so important that us, it is um, God's breath that inspired the word of the scripture. It is God's breath, of course, the spirit of God that will help us to receive the scriptures and to understand it. 
so that if you want to understand God's word by your own thoughts and what you think you know, there's possibility, not even the possibility, that you would not be able to look at God's word as it is. And we found that also in Peter, that's about Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, that even in the word of prophecy, we don't prophesy by our own will, but we prophesy according to what? God's what? It goes, you know, by God's will because the interpretations of these things are not according to man's will. Amen? Amen? We, we get that. And uh, we looked at the aspect as well whereby I said that you become what you behold. Amen? You become what we behold. And that's why the Bible says we should behold, we're beholding ourselves in the glory of God. Amen? We are beholding ourselves in the glory of God. And as you see yourself in the glory of God, you, as you, as you do that all the time, you look at yourself, you see who you are, and you know, the glory of God is what you'll be reflecting, or you should be reflecting in, his, in that glory, and that also should be reflecting in you. And anything that is not right, you make sure that you put it away. Amen? But you become what you behold, what you, what, what you fill yourself with, what you hear, what you see, what you always let your spirit man see, your spirit man hear, your spirit man meditate on, the spirit man, you know, uh, 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 feels you, that is what you become. You become what you, you behold. Amen. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, who you are, what you, you only become what you behold. Amen. And, and that, is, that is very, very important. I think we looked at the aspect um, when um, Laban um, thought he was wise and he took everything away based on the transaction that he had made with him. But, you know, um, Jacob was smart and smarter than him. And, um, he, you know, as the, the time came for, the, um, for, the, for, for the, um, the sheep and the goats and you name it, all the, uh, that, that he had, had to make, he had to also devise a way by which they were seeing, they were focusing, they were looking at something. What they were beholding is what they gave birth to. Hallelujah. So what you see, what you feel, the environment where you are, the things you hear, that is what you become. It's, 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 there's no two ways about that. And um, I also shared the aspect whereby, you know, the Satan didn't tell um, um, Adam and Eve that they were naked. You know, when God came and told them, uh, asked the question, where, uh, where are you? And he said, uh, you know, uh, he, he gave the answer to the Lord, uh, the, the kind of answer he gave him. God said, who told you? You see, God didn't tell him, but there was a conscience within him that had been pricked. Amen. There was something within him that he knew that, you know, and he had been hiding in, in uh, uh, they, they were hiding themselves in the fig leaves, you know, that they had sold to cover themselves. But how long? Amen? How long? Praise God. And um, we look at the fact that God spoke in Genesis, and the devil also came to speak. <laughs> Praise God. God spoke, and the devil also came to speak. And um, it's very, very important for you to understand that God is still speaking. God's word to man was be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion, authority, and all that. There was a blessing, but there was also a warning. But the devil came to try and change the whole thing that God, you know, had spoken. You see, if you look at Hebrews chapter 5, 
Um, let's first look at Hosea chapter 14, verse 9. I don't know what version you have there. Hosea chapter um, 14, verse 9. But this is the area that you need to be very mindful of. Um, Hosea 14 and 9. Um, is there another version? New King James will say this. Who is wise, let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Some, um, well, some of the versions will say, he that is discerning. So check whether you can find the word discerning there. He, Hosea 14.9. Basically, who, you know, we got to come to the place whereby we are discerning. When the, the devil comes to speak to us, when the devil comes to suggest to us, when the devil begins to lay hold of, of, of our minds and begin to speak into us, you know, we should come to the place whereby we discern. We know the spirit of discernment is, you know, uh, 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 should, 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 we should pray for, for, for that, you know, in everything that we do. If you can even get another trans translation on that. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 12. And let's also look at that. The need, now watch this. Hebrews um, chapter 5 from verse 12. He says, for though, now watch this. Watch this. He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. Right? You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. So which he's suggesting to you and me that by this time, right, you and I should have been teachers. But somehow we have stayed in the kingdom. We have stayed in, walking in, 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 um, in the kingdom of God all this while. And it is such that we're still taking in milk. Now, church, listen. Right now, if, Kevin, if you bring milk, like a breast milk or milk, um, the, uh, uh, SMA, is it SDO, SME? Yeah, SME. <laughs> if, you, if you bring the um, SMA uh, or all those things and my, my food at this time, all right, I'm still drinking in milk, milk, milk. Are you not going to say there's something wrong with me? Are you here with me, church? Straight away, you think, what is wrong with this man? Amen? Because you expect me to be able to eat what? Solid food. Amen? So he says, by this time, we should. We come in as babes. And we are fed with the solid, uh, the, the milk. But then he, go, he says that by this time, you, have, you should become teachers. That, from verse 12, I'm, I want to show you something. 13, please. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But I'm going to teach you something here. If you are still partaking in milk, he says that you are unskilled. Unskilled. And you are still a babe. As much as children, babes, are so important, so valuable, you know how we care for them all throughout. If I want to go to central London, if I want to go and cook, if I want to do anything, and I call, um, if I call Camelo right now, and I ask Camelo to come and show me the way to central London, whether I should drive or pick the tube, what food I should cook and all that. What, 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 don't you think there's something, there'll be something wrong? Why? But 
he is so, as a human being as he is, at this stage, he is still a babe. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? So it is very possible sometimes you will be getting directions, instructions, communications, whatever, from a babe on spiritual matters or matters pertaining to life. There's a church here with me. Someone who is still unskilled and have not got discernment. That is why it says, but solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is those who by reason, now watch this, watch this. By reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, we all know that in the Garden of Eden, the enemy, of course, managed to get in. From our father Abraham all throughout, uh, no, um, Adam, all throughout until now, we have all seen the fall. Good and evil. Amen. But the issue is that once we, that, that thing was touched in the garden, if you have not come to a place of having the solid food, oh, are you catching what I'm saying? And the Spirit of God leading you and directing you and having your senses exercised, you will still not be able to discern what is good and evil. So what to a little child come around and play and do something as a child, a child's play. May just in the innocence of a child do whatever. But, you know, at that time, even if there is an electric cable that is um, exposed, as a child, the child may not easily know that that is a cable that can easily kill him or her. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? So the child will just go and touch it. Because the child has not been able to develop the senses of knowing what is what good and what. Oh, are you here with me? Let me sometimes give me the response for me to know that you are flowing with me. Amen. Amen. Ah, Mary. Okay. You, okay. I saw who was that. Okay. You change your position. All right. Um, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Full back now today instead of striker. Right? All right. Praise God. Right. So, but, but are you catching what I'm sharing with you? It's, it's a church here with me. So you come to a place that someone can be born again for a year, 10 years, 20 years, 100 years. It doesn't matter. If we don't come to a place of exercising ourselves in the word and in our walk with God and being able to have our senses to be able to discern what is good and right, you will come to a place that you, you be in the kingdom and you still be as a babe. Someone in church. Amen? So, God's word, we are trying to see the renewal of mind. All that I'm trying to let us understand is the renewal of mind in light with the word of God. How the word of God shapes our thinking. How the word of God helps us renew our mind. But you cannot still be a babe because if you do that, you have not become full of full age and you have not by reason of use developed your senses to be able to know what is good and what is evil. So I can easily come to you, Auntie Matilda, and if I have not developed my senses of exercising 
his word and taking in solid food and knowing spiritual matters or things that pertain to God's word, I can come and give you an advice based on my babe's mentality and my babe's emotion and my babe's will and my babe's knowledge. For at that time, what you need is an adult's information in the things of God or knowing what is good and what is right. But you see, because both of us maybe might have not developed it that way. You may even think that what I'm sharing with you at that time, it is, it is right. I don't know what I'm explaining myself. Uh, amen? So we need to come to the place whereby we are able to develop and have to come a full age and take solid food in order for us to be able to develop our senses whereby you know that, uh-uh, the radar says no. That is why he says that, that you may be able to prove. Is someone in church? That you may be able to prove that which is, and that which is, and that which is. Amen. You get that? Those, amen. So until you come to that place whereby you have developed these senses, you may not be able to prove what well, that is good, that which is acceptable, and which is the perfect will of God. And so the devil can come and suggest and tell you anything or your own self or whatever material or whatever that you pick up and you think that, oh, this is it. And that is why you can read things, see things, and yet you, you know, you, some, sometimes you are not able to pick and realize, ah, this is not the way of God. Because you have just allowed it to slip through. Amen. And so God is speaking and the devil is also speaking. So you should be able to know Whose voice? Amen. And we realize that the devil didn't use any other um, um, creature there, but the serpent. Why? Because we are told that the serpent was very cunning. Amen. And some versions say subtile. Amen. And we look at the fact that the word subtile means um, that is a, a room that is being be, uh, beware uh, or being aware, yeah, or be, be, very crafty. And if, um, we had some versions also that said... Um, uh, um, what do you call it? What are some of the versions? Um, 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 very, um, oh, uh, we had some, some versions. Who was using that? Someone said another version of the word crafty um, in that, uh, Genesis 3 and, and uh, when we talked about uh, 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 the, the, the serpent. You know, amen? And uh, the, the word Cunning, we found that it's in the Hebrew that is to know, knowledge, or observation. And so the enemy used that animal, or that creature, sorry, that creature that was really, you know, what was knowledgeable, knowing how to be able to maneuver and do things way, very observant and, and all sorts. And he, he, he used that particular creature to be able to dive nowhere else but into the minds of the people. The knowledge, you see, the, the knowledge aspect, the minds of, 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 of Eve. Amen. Because we all realize that every, the laws did speak um, to them and uh, we, we are told that uh, they were to eat of every tree um, and, uh, and the trees were pleasant to, the, uh, to, to sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden. Likewise, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Amen. But you see, God gave them the warning in the verse, uh, you know, about uh, the aspect that when you partake in this particular tree, it means death. So God showed them all that needed to be to be shown. But you see, when the devil came, <laughs> um, Genesis chapter 3, let's look at verse... Um, Verse 3, uh, 
uh, verse 1, 4, and 5 quickly because I want to move on. I want to move on quick today. He says, not a serpent uh, which we have seen that was very, was more cunning, isn't it? Very, that is knowing, very knowledgeable, very observant, very crafty, you know, uh, 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 that uh, uh, very uh, uh, tricky. Uh, 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 he had all the, the, the trickery within him, you know, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And the devil used that. The devil is no fool. Amen? And so sometimes got, we ourselves got to be very careful about our gifts. Because, you know, sometimes the devil will use our own gifts and our talents. Look at some of the, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, Judas Iscariot. Is it not the same money? The one who was the keeper of the, of the, of, 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 of the, keeper of the money, of, of, of the, treasure, the, the treasurer, the, 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 you know, was used through that same means. Amen? So, and he said to the woman, has God indeed, uh, look at how he put it, has God indeed <laughs> said, God has already spoken. So why would you use the word? Look at the choice of word. Indeed. And most of the time it's the choice of word. Indeed. So it brings something into your mind. So what are you suggesting? That you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And verse 4. Then the serpent said again, he, the serpent spoke and said to the woman, you will not surely die. Well, he didn't speak like how I'm saying it. But you know what I'm saying. Amen. You will not surely die. Then he says, for, then listen, remember that God had already spoken in chapter 2, I think, verse, chapter 2, verse 17. Uh, verse 16 and 17 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day, now watch that, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely, brethren, what I'm trying to let us all learn is in renewing our mind, the voice of the devil, the voice of any other voice so that we are able to prove what is good, what is acceptable, and what is the perfect will of God. Because whether you like it or not, whilst you are here still on earth, there will always be the voice of yourself, the voice of others, the voice of radio, the voice of television, the, vo the standards of the world. And you should be able to develop, to be able to know what is, is what. Because God had already spoken and said that in the day that you eat of it, you, you shall surely die. And then he comes and says, oh, you will not surely die. And then he adds this. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes, you know, look, well, look at that. It means he's trying to suggest to you, for all that you know, you know, not that for all that, as a matter of fact, he has closed your eyes. There's something that he doesn't want you to see. So when your eyes are opened, you'll be able to be like God. Amen? Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? And you see, the enemy was speaking to, um, to, to, the, um, to the woman, at the, to, to Eve at this point, using the knowledge base that he had already received. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? The knowledge that, you know, he had, the, the insight that he had is what he was using to be able to twist the word of God and to be able to, you know, uh, uh, you know change what God is saying, to be able to use words and the particular words he's using to begin to bring. Uh, so what is it that he, he said, that, that your eyes will be opened. Your eyes will be opened. Amen. And the word I there. Please, church, it's not this I. Amen? The Hebrew word is ayin. Ayin, that is in basically knowledge. So he's trying to say that he has hidden something from you. 
And so you have insight to be like him. Amen? So he says that your eyes will be opened. So that you'll be like him. And verse 7, I think, uh, verse 5. Verse 5. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Okay, so that's 4 and 5, right? You will not surely die. Um, for in the day that you eat, the eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the enemy always comes to twist. You know, the devil never comes straight to you and lets you know because you know the truth. Amen? You try to twist. You try to change. You try to use particular words, certain words, certain sentences, certain, you know, the structure, sometimes with the facial or whatever that is, to try to suggest to you that what you know, what you think is not what you really think it is. Is someone catching what I'm sharing with you? And then by the time you, that's why Jesus said, be careful of what you hear and even how you hear it. We've looked at that already. So scripture says we need to renew our mind. Basically, if our mind is renewed, all right, if our mind is renewed and the word of God dwells in us richly, like Colossians 3.16 says, then you'll be able to prove what that is good, what that is acceptable, and what is the will of God. So Satan tricked the woman, and her, her, her answer led to the fall. We looked at all this last week. You know, remember that in, in trying to get Satan, uh, trying to get his way, Satan focused not on, on the woman. Well, woman slightly trying to let, him, let her think that she was losing out on something. But the focus was really on God, was trying to discredit God. Are, are, you, are you here with me? Satan's focus was trying to discredit God. He's hiding something from you. He's not who really he thinks he is. Making, so he was trying to make God look bad. Why doesn't he want you to be like him? Why is it that he doesn't want you to be like him? Because when you really eat of it, you'll be like him. And he's, so he was trying to discredit God in the eyes of the woman. And the moment someone comes and discredits another person in your eyes, I tell you, you won't see that individual and what he has spoken to you in light of good. Is that right in English? Is that, is that a construction of English? Is that correct? Those of you who went to school. Amen? You catch what I'm sharing with you. He won't, he, he, once he, he does that, you will never see anything good in the light of this individual again. Why? Because he has already discredited. That is the agenda. That is Satan's focus. His main thing is, let me discredit God. He's hiding something from you. He doesn't want you to be like him. As a matter of fact, you, 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 you will do this, that, and the other. And so all along, what the woman had walked in the garden and they'd seen in chapter 2, we have seen, we saw it last week. We know what they had seen in the garden, the trees, good for fruit and good for sight, and all of a sudden it became something else to the woman. Are you, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? All of a sudden, they had seen these things in the garden all throughout. But because the enemy, Satan used those trickery and those subtle, cunning ways to be able to get into the minds or, well, at this time, the mind of the woman because we are only looking at the concentration uh, the, the uh, communication between um, the serpent and the woman. He, he managed to get into her mind to realize that, ah, what is he hiding from, from me? And then, is it, which, which verse is it that she began looking at the fruit? All of a sudden, you see, from, from verse 6. So when the woman, remember that I've said that we've looked at this scripture, that God had already told them, so the trees were in the garden, the trees were good, the trees, all these things. We, we have seen all these since last week that God had already spoken and told them. And so these 
all these trees and, and the fruits and whatever good for sight, it was pleasant to the eyes and all that kind of, we have seen that it was in the garden in chapter 2. But suddenly, as the enemy was using this trickery, this subtle, cunning, you know, uh, 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 way to try to get into the mind knowledge. And as I'm saying, that word, you know, knowledge, all right, into her mind, what eventually she, she, uh, he managed to do was to get the woman, amen, to see things differently. Amen? And so, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, Apostle Paul, in writing to the church in, in, uh, in Corinth, said something that is so important. Do you have the King James Version? The same word, but I want to show you something. King, King James uses the word, seeing then that we have such hope, we use great what? Oh, is the church here with me? We use what? Plainness of what? New King James says boldness of speech. Now, it is the same thing. But the Greek there, you know, the Greek word there, plainness, basically is trying to say that it is a state of being or mixed with other material. That is, it assures you by implication, it assures you that what I'm saying is the truth. It's, so because of that, I'm bold to tell you that that is why New King James uses the word, it says boldness of speech. But it is the same word in the, new, uh, in the King James that says that in plainness of speech, that is this, it's not mixed with anything. So he's telling the church in, in Corinth that, look, we speak to you plainly. Are you, are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? Well, my writings to you is plain. My, my our speech to you is always plain. There is not a, a mixture. So the New King James and other versions uses the boldness of speech because it is the derivative from the, 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 the Hebrew, uh, sorry, the Greek word by implication saying that because it's just an assurance and it's plain and it's the truth, I speak boldly to you because I know there is nothing hidden. Are you, are you catching what I'm sharing with you, church? So he says, therefore, since we have such hope, we are not hiding anything from you. Therefore, since we have such hope, we are not like what the devil was trying to suggest to Eve that God is hiding something from them. He says, no, we, we use great boldness of speech or plainness of speech. In, 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 inevitably, what he's trying to say is that we, we, we are assuring you because of this hope, there is nothing that we are hiding. And so when we speak to you, we speak plainly. There is nothing, there is no hidden agenda. Is the, is the church catching what I'm sharing? Amen. And so when we receive the word of God, when we read God's word, when we hear God's word, it should be plain and in our communication with God and our thoughts and everything, there should be that, that plain, <laughs> that plainness so that we know that the devil cannot have a field day in our lives, in our communication. Church, are you catching that? Amen? It's very, very, very important. So he wrote to them that, look, church, this is what he is. Anytime I come and speak to you, I speak in such plainness of speech, in such boldness of speech, because by, as I'm using, uh, I'm going back to the Greek word, but I'm trying to assure you that there is nothing that is 
hidden. There is nothing that I'm hiding from you. There is nothing that we, we haven't made known to you. And so we speak boldly to you. In a sense, whatever we are saying is just what it is. Amen? Amen? And that is what God's word brings to us. The clarity. So that devil, the devil does not come and try and be subtle or be cunning and try to twist the word of God in our minds as we renew our minds. And when the word of God stays in us, we fill our minds with it. Anytime the devil tries to come and twist anything, you are able to, the radar will be just straight away. You know how like when you are listening to, what do you call it, these programs that they do, um, um, whatever, and then on the television, it's like, bing, that is, you are wrong or correct, you know? <laughs> Amen? Crossword or whatever it is, uh, game shows, yes. Bing, bing. So anytime there is something cross, uh, there is, you know, like, like our alarm systems around our homes, you know, it's a circuit. You may not see it. Amen? You just enter the house and straight away, the circuit is such a way that you, you break the circuit and the alarm goes off. Bang! Amen. And so you are able to prove. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, you are able to prove, ah, Satan, this one is not. Satan, that is not. Satan, that is not. Satan, that is not. Amen. So that is where we need to come to the place of exercising our spiritual senses to be able to catch it. And let me just give you a, um, um, this this. this um, background, and then you understand what maybe I'm talking of, and then we continue from there. And I think uh, I'm, I'm starting from where I should have picked up um, last week. So there is only one belief system, and that is the truth. The truth should be what we should always aspire. Amen? And because when we don't know, so God told, unfortunately, remember this, God told Adam and Eve the truth. Amen? God told Adam and Eve what? The truth. It is unfortunate that although they knew the truth, I'm trying to get us to understand something in the renewing of mind. Although they knew the truth, somehow they didn't exercise. They didn't exercise their intuition that could have easily told them this is not right. Amen. This is not of God. Apart from the truth, all others are lies. Amen? Any other thing apart from the truth is a lie. Amen? Isn't it? And if Satan can convince you and can convince me, if he can com convince us to believe lies about ourselves, lies about others, lies about God, we will be under his control. Anytime the devil comes to try to suggest to you that you are this, you are that, you are that, go back to Genesis 1.27 and tell the enemy that when he made all things, God saw that it was good. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? When the enemy comes and says that, a doctor says that this sickness, you will never be healed because your great-grandfather did it. Tell them that, look, it might have been there before even the world began, but minus you, because God's word says. That is why he says, who will believe our, our, our report? Once the enemy is able to get lies about you, about others, even about the church, 
about any other thing, you will be under the control of the enemy all the time. Because you use that all the time to play you around like a puppet. Amen? Are you, are you, are you following what I'm sharing with you? Amen? Let me quickly tell you two things about what I'm sharing so that we can move on. There are two, I've already said that anything that is not the truth is a lie. We have the conscious lie, and then we have the subconscious lie. <laughs> I, I mean, I want you to catch this. Amen? Conscious lies are easily detected. I'm going to prove something to you so that when the enemy comes to me, to you, to any of us, we'll be able to know. Conscious lies, and please get, get this. Conscious lies, I said, are what? Easily detected. Because most of, most of the time, they are your belief systems, things that you know. Things that you are aware. Things that you know may not be right, but you consciously have made up a point that I'm going to tell this lie. I'm going to speak to myself about this lie. I'm going to tell that individual about this. Consciously, something that you know, you believe, you have an awareness of, but you are, you are, you, you know, you are, you are, you are consciously telling yourself something wrong about yourself, something wrong about others, something wrong about the system, something wrong about any other thing that you are conscious of your belief system. You know it. You are aware of it. Let me give you a case study. I think biblically, then you understand what I'm talking about. Let's go to Acts chapter five. From verse 1. Are you here with me? Amen. Sometimes I want to feel you. I want to feel you. So when I say, are you here with me? I want to hear that you are here with me. Amen. Praise God. Let's look at, uh, before we come to chapter 5, let me, let me show you this so that you know what I'm talking about. Chapter 4 from verse 32. Is that verse 32 in there? Yeah. Now watch this. Watch this, please. Now, the multitude, sometimes we see ourselves falling ourselves in that category where the devil suggests things to us or we, we, we fall ourselves into it. And so we need to be able to look at this. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things what? Are, are you getting this? Let's read on, please. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Please remember that these last few weeks, I've not, I've not been coming to church to try and preach. I've been trying to teach. Because of the subject, because the time of preaching will be coming. But I'm trying to let us all, including myself, lay this foundation so that we can be able to accept the preaching. But these are teachings that we need to be able to lay hold of to help us renew our minds. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked for all who were possessors of lands. Now watch that. All who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds out of the things that were what? So they, they possessed the lands the buildings or whatever that they, uh, uh, of houses and all that they had, they went out there, sold all the proceeds, and because there was such a mighty revival. Remember, the early church, the beginning of the church was just like the beginning of, uh, I mean, um, the, the garden. Amen? Amen? 
And God was watching at this time. So all these things were sold, and then they brought it for the enhancement of the gospel. Let's read it. Let's go on, please. And lay them at the apostles' feet. So whatever that they sold, whatever that came out of the proceeds, they brought it all and laid it at the apostles' feet. Are you catching that? And they distributed to each as anyone had need. So I had I have a land, I have a house, I have a car, I have a, 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 an articulator, whatever that is, I sell it, I bring it to the apostles, all right, and lay it at their feet. Now, among us, whoever that has a need, all right, we distribute it as per need. So that was what was going on in the body at the time. Let's move on, please. And having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at apostles' feet. I think we've just read that, isn't it? So I want us to go on to now. Let's look at chapter 5. Chapter 5 starts with but. Right? A certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession like any other person would have sold their possessions. As we have seen, we have seen in chapter 4. Right? Let's, verse 2. And what did he this time, Ananias, decide? So consciously, are, are you here with me? This is a conscious lie because he, he knows what was going on in the body. He also wanted to do something as the rest were doing. Nobody's forcing him. So he kept back part. But we are not told of part of the proceeds that people kept away. Because of, there was just a mighty sincerity, honesty, great move of God that was moving on at the time. And so he decides consciously to take to keep part of the proceeds. His wife also being, that's why you got to be very careful. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So consciously, he hasn't behaved like the rest of the people had done, but in collaboration with the wife, knowing what was happening, decided consciously to do the same. Is the church catch, 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 catching this, what I'm sharing with you? Verse, um, what, uh, verse 3. Now watch verse 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? What is he trying to say? He's trying to say that the rest have not done that, but you have consciously in collaboration with your wife, decided you know what you were doing consciously. And you are trying to lie to us, just behaving like any other person would have done and brought it before our feet, thinking that, oh, these are human beings. Let's just tell them a lie. Let's just, just show uh, 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 a path, you know, something to, for them to think that that is what he is. And then apostle, the apostle, you know, was saying that, you see, at that time, the move of God, God was not going to tolerate this conscious thing to happen. In the, in, the, in, the, in the amidst. Are you, are you here with me, church? And so straight away, God had to strike them dead. Because that would have brought a whole lot of things that began in the garden into the 
church and tried to adulterate the move of God. And God was not going to tolerate such conscious lies. Because you knew what you were doing. You knew what you were going to say when he came to Peter. He knew exactly what they were planning to do. They were in collaboration with because they came differently. The woman came, uh, the man came first, and then the woman came later. You know, and, and they, they, they thought, I will get, we'll get this man, uh, the, these apostles, by, 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 by a conscious, you know, you know, consciously what we have planned. And God was not going to allow that. Is, is somebody catching this? Amen? And God had to root it out immediately in the early church. We'll be looking at Luke chapter 4 very soon. But when I was looking at this, we'll look at the subconscious lie very soon. But when I was looking at this, I just found, ah, so why did Ananias and Sapphira do this? So why do we consciously, we, all right, consciously or sometimes subconsciously do this? And I just wanted to find out, you know, a few other research. And I, I found, I, I was just looking at this. And it says, in more than 100 psychology um, graduate students currently or previously in therapy, Dr. Leslie Martin of Wake Forest University, the counseling center, found that of the 37% who reported lying, most did so to protect themselves in some way. So, you see, Ananias and Sapphira, they were lying to protect themselves. So, you know, consciously people lie to protect themselves in some way, mostly to avoid shame, embarrassment, or to avoid painful emotions and to avoid being judged. We all fall in that category, isn't it? Because you don't want to be found out, you don't want to know, you don't want consciously you, to protect yourself in some way, you want to avoid shame, embarrassment, to avoid painful emotions or to being judged. You decide to say something or do something or think something like Ananias and Sapphira that God's word, for instance, will come. But we know what it is. We know what was prevailing. We know what was moving on. But they decided still to do what they did. Oh, are you here with me? A study also published in the journal Nature Neuroscience found out that lying is a slippery slope. When people tell small lies, the brain becomes desensitized to the painful emotion of guilt that dishonesty usually causes. That is to say that how initially, if you have come to tell me something, I'll tell you something that is not right, I would have felt, ah, this is not right for me to repent. You become desensitized to the extent that now you don't even feel anything. So you, and then they say, basically, the more you lie, the easier it is to do it, and the bigger the lies get. And that's what the devil does. It's, it's the church. It's the church here with me. Amen? So consciously, when, when, when we allow the Ananias and Sapphira thing get into us, that is what gets hold of us. Even to the extent that they brought it to the apostles' feet. Let's quickly look at Luke chapter 4. And then we'll look at the subconscious one. Amen? In Luke chapter 4, the devil did the same thing. What he had done in, um, in the garden. Amen? He came to Jesus. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And using the power of God, uh, let me put it this way. When uh, 
Jesus had fasted. The scripture says that he was hungry at that time. And the devil knows always when to strike. The devil always knows when to get you down. And when to be able to get hold of your life. So he came to Jesus. Have you realized that the first Adam, he tried to use food? Isn't it? And the second Adam, too, he thought that, ah, let me use the same trick. Are you not hungry? After fasting, 40, uh, uh, fasting for 40 days, he just came the same principle, food. But food is good. Amen. And it makes, please, I want you to understand, I'm trying to let us all learn something here. Renewing the mind. It makes sense after fasting 40 days to eat food. So sometimes the suggestions of the devil make sense because in that situation, that circumstance, you think that is what is right. Why wouldn't you turn stone into bread and eat? Are you going to wait to go to the city to go and buy food? You are too weak even at this time to walk. Uh, if, then he says, if you are the son of God. So you're trying to use the power of God selfishly. Amen? But because Jesus, he is the word. Remember, we, last week we said in the beginning was, and the word was, and the word was, and in John, we, as we read, we realize that the word became flesh. His mind was renewed. So when the devil came trying to use the same trick that he did in Genesis, Jesus quoted the word. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. Amen. You see it there. If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. But look at Jesus. So he humbled. Is it Deuteronomy? Yes. So he humbled you, allowed you to be, uh, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you, that he might make you know that man shall not live by what? But man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So he came and said, you are hungry. And sometimes, listen to me, I'm trying to let us understand something here. In some situations, if our minds are not renewed, if the word of God is not in our minds, the devil will try and put something there to make you think that what you are doing, what you are saying, where you are going, how you are acting, whatever, uh, you, you use the adjectives or whatever to it. Whatever that is, it will, he will make it seem good. But that is where you should be able to have the word of God to be able to say that, mm, yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah, it makes sense for me to eat. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm the son of God to have done this, that, and the other. But to be honest with you, he said that you might know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Because at that time, the moment Jesus does that, he has now responded, uh, no, um, 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 agreed, or... Um, What's the right? Obeyed, right? He, Jesus was never going to obey the devil. Oh, are you catching what I'm saying? Jesus was never going to be in, 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 in union with the devil. And so when the devil suggested that, he quoted 
the word of God back to him and said that, yes, it makes sense for me to have eaten this food. Yes, it makes sense. That is what my senses, my, my, my human, my, my flesh is telling me I'm hungry. My, 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 my intestines, my bowels, you name it, everything is telling me that I need this at this time. But to be honest with you, the moment I succumb to this thing, I'm only responding to you and obeying you, and I'm cutting short my agenda and my destiny. And that is how sometimes we don't understand and we don't see these things. And he came back to him and said, yeah, it is good for me to, as the son of God, and like, look at how he put it, if you are the son of God, prove that, basically prove it. And he quoted the scripture. It makes sense to eat while I was hungry. But he quoted the word of God back to him. Amen? Amen? What is written makes sense. What is written, and dear brothers and sisters, makes sense. That he might know, that he might make you know that man shall not live because that is written. What is written in his word makes sense and what our emotions and what your thought patterns think that he is. Hallelujah. Jesus reminded the enemy of the truth. That what you are telling me, any other thing apart from the truth is a lie. And I'm not going to let that sink, uh, sink into my, 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 my being. Amen. So Jesus used scripture to battle Satan's suggestion. God's truth to Satan's lies. Amen? That is the first one. As if that was enough. That was not enough. We go back to Luke. Amen? And then what did he do? He took him, I think Luke chapter 4, where did he take him? He took him to the highest, was it that bit? Uh, is it the second one? Uh, Luke chapter 4, please. Um, then the devil taking him up on a high mountain, was it the second, second test, right? Right, on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Look at how he, the, the Bible says it's in a moment. That is in the flash. You know how sometimes the enemy comes to, to us, all of us. Oh, do you know, then all of a sudden your mind, you realize your, your mind, something is flashing through. Oh, yeah, maybe. Then you follow. Is it not true? It's a practical thing. Amen. And just in a moment. Let's go on, please, Alexei. And the devil said to him, so apart from what he has shown him in a moment, he also spoke again. All this authority I'll give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I'll give it to whomever I wish. And what he was saying at that point is true. Amen? Therefore, if you worship before me, all will be yours. And brethren, look at where he took him. Oh, is the church here with me? Seeing everything that was looking good and beautiful at that point, that would have been so good. He says, when you worship me, I'll just give it to you. And sometimes that is how it is. The enemy makes all those things so, someone will say, tantalizing. Amen? So that we have it. But little do we know that as you stretch forth your hands and take it, you have bought into the devil's covenant. Amen? So Jesus Knowing the word, again, from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 13, all right? Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 13, and then we'll come to Luke chapter 4, and then Matthew chapter 16. Deuteronomy says, you shall fear the Lord your God and serve him, and shall take oaths in his name. Amen? Now, what's that? James chapter 4 verse 17 talks about what? James 4 17. Therefore, to him who knows us to do good, no, no, no. Um, the, uh, James 4, 
is seven or seventeen? The one that says, resist the devil and you, I think it's James 4. Seven? Is it seven or seven? Yeah, seven. Therefore, submit to God. Amen. Resist the devil and what? He will flee from you. Luke 4, 8. Look at Luke 4, 8. Have you seen Jesus knowing the word? Back, he spoke back to Satan. Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, what? This is not the first time he had said that, isn't it? In Matthew, he spoke, said the same thing to Peter. Get behind me. And brethren, there are moments, if you are not very careful, listen, please, church, listen to me. There are those times when the enemy will bring all those flash. It looks nice. It looks beautiful. Have it. Take it. You know, move in that direction. Din, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time you realize, brethren, it is so nice, so beautiful. You think that, oh, this is what I need to do. This, by the time you realize, it will be too late. That is why we need, there are times, don't have a dialogue with Satan. I won't, I won't say there are times. I think that is not the right thing to say. Don't even have a dialogue with Satan. Oh, are you here with me? S Satan had a dialogue with Eve, and the more the dialogue was going on, the more he was trying to prove something. So don't even stand to make a dialogue with him. Jesus said in verse 8, get behind me, Satan, for it is written. For it is written. Again, have you seen it? It is a word. We are talking of transformation, renewal by the word. Uh, by the word. Amen? For it is written. For it is written. Amen. The third one, this one will not go. So if you think that you resisted him yesterday and that is it, tomorrow he will come back knocking at your door of your mind. Amen? He will not go. He will not go until he gets what he wants. So he came the third time, maybe from verse 9 or so going, Jesus answered, no, from verse 9, please. Then he brought him to Jerusalem. <laughs> he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Look, how nice it would have been, like um, Spider-Man. Amen. They will all be there and Jesus will be from the pinnacle. <sighs> Just fly down because the son of God, why? Because the word says that he will not dash your foot against the stone. And then they'll be watching, oh, look at the son of God come then He will land. And then they'll say, ah. They would have loved it. And sometimes that is how the enemy leads us into things like that. Just so that we can be loaded by people and ourselves. But you see, the devil tried. I want, to show, I want to show you something here. Listen, listen, listen. Verse 9. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, who is speaking here? Satan, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down here. Verse 10. Verse 10, please. For Jesus said it was written, isn't it? In verse 8. Is that not what we read? Oh, church, are you here with me? Jesus said it is written. So he also says, ah, my friend, but it is also written. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. To be honest with you, he didn't quote correctly. It was not to keep you so that you don't dash your foot against the stone. But he removed, he removed that bit. But that don't let me to stay, I don't want to be to stay on that bit. Amen. But you see, Satan was waiting for any loophole because Satan is also an expert in the word. Don't think that because you come to church, because you pray, because you, you are a believer, because, listen to me, Satan quoted 
And he said it is written. That is why till today, please church, listen to me. That is why until today, that is why until today, a lot of us are seeing certain things, certain moves and certain things happening in the body of Christ. Because people will come and tell you that God, and sometimes we use the word, and the Lord has led me to start this ministry. The Lord says, the Holy Ghost says, you know, the word of the Lord. Brethren, we need to be very careful because the devil can also suggest to you. Are you, here? Are you here with me? The devil can speak to you because he said, it is written. Have you realized that it is true that it is written? But at this instant, what he wanted him to do was not what God wanted him to do. Amen? So Satan is an expert and knows how to twist scripture out of his contest. But listen to me, child of God. Let's look at verse 11 and 12 quickly. And he says, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Let's go to verse 12. Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord, your God. Now, you see, consciously, he's trying to bring all these lies to him. But Jesus Brethren, just as I was talking about earlier on, we need to come to that place whereby we don't become babes. We don't only drink milk. Have you realized that the devil is using scripture, using the, you know, his senses, hunger, and all sorts of appetite to try to get what you know, he could have? And he would have, even if it was today, he would have gone to church and praised the Lord. Oh, the Lord has given me a breakthrough because I turned, um, what do you call it, stone to bread. I managed to, 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 to fly from the pinnacle like, like Spider-Man. Eh? All these things are happening today that we see a whole lot of things all in the name of the Lord. But you see, in Acts chapter 20, verse 27, let's look at Acts chapter 20, verse 27. For I have not sent to declare to you. Now watch this. I have not sent to declare to you what? Oh, are you here with me? To do what? To declare to you what? The what? The what? Oh, be bold. The what? The whole counsel of God. It is very, very important in our decision making. It is very, very important in, 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 in our renewing of our mind and the things that we do to be very careful. What is God's counsel? And not just a bit, but the whole counsel of God in situations. <laughs> Amen? Oh, is the church here with me? Oh, are you sure you are catching what I'm sharing with you? Because, brethren, you can be able to easily speak a part. You can easily, you see, be able to just have a little information, certain feelings, certain, that's why we talk about the truth. Anything outside of the truth is what a lie. And half truth sometimes can be even dangerous than whole truth. Amen? And so, until we come to the place whereby we know of the whole counsel of God in situations, we have to be very careful. When the enemy suggests, all sorts. Let us prayerfully see the whole counsel of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, 2 Timothy 2, 15, let's look at something quickly. 
2 Timothy 2.15. It says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed doing what? Oh, doing what? Oh, are you, are you, are you in church? Amen. Rightly doing what? Are you tired already? Amen. Then flow with me. We are told that you rightly do what? Divide the word of truth. The word of truth. So in our renewing of our mind with God's word and the spirit of God, we look at the Holy Spirit. Also with God's word, we got to make sure we know the word of God so that we are not twisted here and there. So that the enemy does not come or whatever suggestion the enemy brings into our mind. Let us know God's counsel. Because sometimes, yes, you may be hungry and you have to turn the bread. What is the other one? The stone to bread. You may have to throw yourself down. You may have to do this and the other. But you need to come to the place to know God's counsel. That is why he says, so that you may be able to prove that which is not just good, but that which is also what acceptable and what is the perfect will of God. Amen? Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians 3.18. Then we'll come to the subconscious one, and then we'll be, uh, I'm hoping to complete. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we look, we've looked at that already, isn't it? I said, you become what you behold. I've said this several times, and the last two weeks or three weeks, I looked at myself um, here in the mirror, and I said, as you see yourself in the mirror, you reflect, it reflects you, isn't it? It sees you just as you are, and then whatever that we need to, to do. But I want to show you also one aspect of it. The reason why sometimes you can come to church, you can stay in church, you can read the word, you can be here, and God is speaking to you, and you will never be blessed, you will never have your mind renewed, you will never be transformed, you will never change, you can stay in church for so many years, and no change will ever befit you. I want to show you something. Why? But we all with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from, from, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I want to show you something. Auntie Matilda, I want to kindly please, if you can rise up. And I want to pick um, Mandy, please. And uh, one, one young um, uh, Lahai, please come. Please, the three of you. Um, yes, say one after the other. And Auntie Matilda, um, could you, um, the, the two of you stay here so that you, you don't come into the image um, where Auntie Matilda is. I want to show something. Could you look please in the mirror? Forget about Pastor Joyce, Pastor Lee, Auntie Doris, and um, Colleen, right? Yes, look. Who are you seeing? Are you sure? You, you sure you're seeing yourself? You, yourself, and yourself alone. You, yourself, and yours. You, you, okay. And no one else. All right. So, Auntie Matilda says she's seeing herself. What is the color of your hair? Yeah, yeah brown or uh, a bit, okay. All right. And your trousers? So, you can, and your shoe? Okay. So, you can see yourself. And then you have, um, so you are seeing only you. Okay. Can you please um, stand? 
kindly stand here. Mandy, um, please. Could you do the same for me, please? Who are you seeing, please? You sure? I, I don't think so. You haven't, you haven't convinced me yet. How, how do you know that it is you? So you are wearing the clothes you picked in the morning. But it may be someone else in the clothes. How do you know it is you? No, just look in the mirror and look at yourself and convince me. Because you haven't convinced me. I think it's someone else in you. It, uh, straight away she said what? No, because she knows it's her. Mandy, please stand here. Lahai. Are you, are you catching this? Hi, who is there? How do you know it's you? <laughs> no, but no, I don't think so. I think it's me. Are you sure about that? And it's not your mom. <laughs> but you came to church with your mom today, isn't it? So it is because she wears high heels. Who did I ask you to take high heels? <laughs> Amen. Right. So, <laughs> Amen. So, Lahai has convinced herself and us listening to her that it was her. Mandy, you've convinced us that it was you, even at a point, said, No, it is you. And Auntie Matuda is the same. You are saying that you were looking at yourself and not Kwesi. Are you sure? And you said it was definitely not your mom, but it was you. And you said it was you. Do you know why I picked you and your husband? Picked you and your mom? Picked you alone? The reason why sometimes when we behold ourselves in the mirror, we don't see ourselves. And when we come to church, we don't see ourselves. When God's word is coming to us, it's all the time when God is bringing his word, you say, ah, it is him. Kwesi. It's Kwesi. It's Kwesi, it's mom, it's mom, it's mom, it's my daughter, it's my son-in-law. So you never see yourself beholding yourself in the mirror. Are you, is somebody catching what I'm sharing with you? We read the word of God, we come to church, and we are never blessed. Because who, the person bringing the word, oh please sit down, thank you, thank you. The person bringing the word to us. Or how we are receiving the word, we'll go into that very soon. We are never beholding, beholding ourselves in the glory of God. Because when God has brought us to his word, when God has brought us to himself, when God has brought us to his glory, we are still thinking that it's my husband, my wife, my daughter, my brother, my sister. And so God's word is coming to us and we never see ourselves as we are so that we can polish up. Are you here with me? This mirror has served us this church, Guru. <laughs> it has served my preaching. Amen. So God's word comes to us, and all the time it is being thrown around. We think that, oh, the other person should be the one. Be the, no, 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 no. But the thing is that God is showing you who you are in order for you to be able to polish up and be, be transformed into the same image from one glory. So before I came, right, and before I leave there, 
when I came, if I was like that, and when I begin to polish, when I leave there, I change. If there is something that is not right, I take it out. I use, as I do that constantly, by the time you realize, I'll be transformed into the same image from one glory to the, to the other, just as the Spirit of the Lord helps us to do that. Is, is somebody catching what I'm sharing with you? So we come to church and nothing happens to us. We read the word of God and it's just letters. The spirit of the word. Because it thinks, oh, like sometimes you think as a pastor, you'll be reading the word. Ooh, this word. Ooh, this one will be anti-Zodi. Ah, if anti-Zodi is here. Ah. No, no, the thing is not about Zodi. The thing is about Alfred. You read the word not because of Zodi. You don't, you don't hear the word because of um, 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 Auntie Mary or anyone. Because I have come in the light of the glory of God. So that God can let me reflect myself in, the, in him. So that I'll see myself just as I am. Is somebody catching what I'm sharing with you? A mirror reveals the personal appearance of the one who looks into it. Not someone else. That is why I was insisting to Mandy whether it was her. She could convince me, Lahai and Timat. Because what you are doing is your personal self. The Bible is a revelation of man. This word, our thoughts. That is why Hebrews 4.12, when we looked at it, he said that it, it divides the soul, the spirit, bone and marrow. And it's a discerner of thoughts, your thoughts. Right? And my thoughts. And the intents of my heart. <laughs> oh, is someone here with me? The Bible is a revelation of man. The word of God is a revelation of man. In it, we see the human heart mirrored exactly as it is in the spirit of God. The Bible, listen, church. Anytime you read the word, when you come to the house of God and God is speaking to you, we looked at that last week that it is the breath of God. What God is trying to say is this. The cloth, when Adam and Eve sinned, please church, listen to this. And Alfred, also listen, all of us. When Adam and Eve sinned, they did one thing. They hid under the tree and covered themselves with what? The fig. Amen. And so today, that is what is going on. But when you hear the word of God, when God brings his word to you, God tries, you see, he did the same thing in the garden. When he realized that Adam and Eve had those fig leaves and they, he knew that he couldn't take them anywhere, he had to make, you know, cover them, he had to recover them. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So the Bible takes the covering off the innermost spirit. And unveils its secrets, your thoughts and motives. It shows us to ourselves just as we are. When you come and you hear the word of God, when you are doing your own quiet time, when you are reading his word, when the Lord begins to speak to you, the Lord is taking all those coverings, the, 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 the fig leaves and all the things that we are hiding behind and the pretense and everything, God takes all those things away. And so when we stand in his word, all that he's doing is to uncover all those things so that you see yourself just as you should see yourself in his glory. Amen. Has he make, has he brought truth uh, to, to you? Amen. Well, you catch what I'm sharing with you? So the subconscious lies 
These are lies not easily detected. It's not just because somebody is telling you, but you yourself may not even detect it. And this is the reason why I said the conscious ones are easily detected. But the subconscious ones, they can be very subtle and usually as a result from the patterns of your thinking. So subconsciously, you tell these lies because of the patterns of your thoughts. And these lies can be ingrained in you and eventually become part of your personality. And sometimes that is why you find yourself lying without even knowing that you are lying. Hallelujah. So how can we turn lies into spiritual truth? Listen. Choose to believe the truth. Choose to believe God's word. God's word came and spoke to Adam the truth within them. There are all these trees there. There are all these foods there. There are all these whatever you can eat. Everything that you need to eat. But listen to me. Listen to me. The devil also came and also brought a different truth, which was a lie. But it looked like a truth because you'll be like God. This, that, and the other. But listen to me, church. Sometimes we think that we have read books and people have brought all these theories about positive thinking. It's good. But listen to me. Positive thinking will not bring you to the place where God just wants you to. Amen? We cannot believe the truth unless we know the truth. So you can be positively thinking about something, but that may not be necessarily the truth. Because what they were receiving, they thought was right. Are you, are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? We cannot believe the truth unless we know the truth. And that is why the devil always wants to hide the truth from us. The reason why the enemy will all the time like to hide what is God's agenda and purpose. Don't go to church. Don't read your word. Don't pray. Don't do this and that. It's just because he wants to hide the truth from you. Because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Amen? Truth is found in the word of God. And that is why we renew our mind by that. Satan made the woman believe that there was something wrong with her. That she was restricted, inhibited, that she deserved more. She deserved better. You know all these things. Why is it that you are not touching it? Why is it that you are not eating it? There is something you deserve more. You are better than that. And by the time you realize, in thinking that she deserved more and she becomes she deserves better and she can get this and that, yet little did she know that the enemy was enticing her to the end of her destiny. Hallelujah. Always God's word in every situation is what is needed. If we believe Satan's lies about ourselves, if we believe Satan's lies about our self-wealth, if we believe Satan's life about our self-image, if we believe Satan's lies about all the things he wants to tell us, I said earlier on, go to Genesis 1:27. He made you and I, and he said that we were good. Look, in Judges, we all know about Gideon. When you read Judges chapter 6, I think verse 4 and 5, or I'm sure 4 and 5 or 14 and 15. In, in, earlier on, we realized that 
the, the Lord had come to speak to Gideon and look at how God saw him. But the devil had made Gideon live in an environment. Please listen to me. This was some of the things we were talking about on, on Friday. The legacy that has been handed down from one generation to the other had come to the place whereby Gideon in his mentality, although God had spoken to him, in the mentality and the stronghold that was holding him, he said that I am from this tribe. We have been like this. This is who we are. How can I be like this? But yet God had told him that he was a mighty man of valor. Are you, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? So that is how sometimes this thing can get hold. And it will, will be in your mind and will be in you. That no matter what God is saying, you believe the things that are, Jesus told the people, uh, and the, the Pharisees and the Israelites. He said that you have believed the, the, the traditions of your fathers over these of, of, of how long that has been, it's been handed over from you, from, from to you, from generation to the other, to the extent that you are, you are deliberately disobeying the command or the voice of God. And so sometimes these legacies, consciously or subconsciously, we believe these things about ourselves, what we think is us, in us, our family, our lives, our environment, our community, our, our color, I can go on and on and on, our mindsets, our emotions, they, those things move us and we believe in those things more than the word of God. And that is how the enemy gets hold of us in many ways. Hallelujah. Oh, is somebody in church? Are you sure you are getting what I'm sharing with you? Because we need to come to the place of having the change, the total renewal of mind, as we see ourselves and be transformed in God, just as he sees us and just as he wants us to be. You can continue to live in the traditions of men and continue to hold on to what your fathers and your mothers and your community and your, your great-grandfathers and your great-great-great-grandfathers and your, your race and your, your, your financial prowess and all things might have been handed over to you. But listen, you are only... Reprogressing, oh no, uh, we, what, what is the English? You are only, um, you know, handing over or uh, 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 transferring from one generation to the other about things that were done and said over the years and over the, over the, uh, the over centuries back. And it's time for you to be able to realize that the devil has consciously and subconsciously taken hold of our minds and our hearts and our, and our, and our, and our, and our, and our attitude and everything. And we believe these lies and little do we know that he's trying to cut short our destiny, our destiny. He did that with Adam and Eve. The first creation, after the first two or so chapters, that is it. And nobody refers, anytime you are referring to Adam and Eve, we are referring to them about our sin. Anytime you refer to them, we are referring to them about something that is not, uh, what do you call it? You talk about Abraham and co, and you see about faith and how to lay hold of God. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? We can't joke around with these things. We can't hang around these things. So watch your thoughts. Because they become worse. Those thoughts that are in your mind, nobody knows what is going on, but they will become worse. Watch your words, and they will become actions. Oh, listen to me. Those thoughts that have been going on, that you, 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 you have gone on and on and on and on and on, with time, it will become your actions. And those actions will become your habits. And I can assure you that those habits will become your character. And if you don't really work on that, it will become your destiny. Are you here with me? Are you here with me, church? That is why in Romans chapter 12, we are focused on Romans chapter 12, verse 2. But look at verse 3. 
Look at verse 3. Let's read it together, please. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. This man is telling us from verse, uh, verse 1, we should not be, uh, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And he says, and be not be conformed to the standards of this world, uh, to be, uh, do not be conformed to the standards of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right? So that you may be able to accept the good and perfect, you know, uh, acceptable, perfect will of God. And then he comes to verse 3. And he says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one. What is he trying to say? Basically, the, uh, the, the writer of the book of Romans is saying that you are not always what you think you are. <laughs> you are actually what you think. Amen. You are not what you think you are, but you are actually what you think. That is why Proverbs 23, verse 7, the A part says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So sometimes you can think you are someone else. Because how many of us didn't think that we were Bob Marley? How many of us didn't think that we were the other, um, the, 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 the guy who the dance, the, the Michael Jackson? Eh? How many of us didn't dress up, dress up like all these whatever? We thought that we were. We was, that is what we had in mind, isn't it? But as a matter of fact, you are who you are in your thoughts. Amen? So you are, all, you are not always what you think you are. You are what you think. You are what you think. What is going on in your mind? What you have been planning? What you have been working on? What you have, what you have allowed that stronghold to become? That is who you are. So as a man thinketh, Scripture says, so are you. So don't think lowly of yourself because you are a new creation in Christ. And also don't think of yourself more highly than you think. Amen. Remember you are just flesh. You are just flesh. God's way is to make us pure within by renewing our minds and by changing the way we think. The Word of God washes impure thoughts. God's Word will wash all those impure thoughts that the enemy and what we have learned from as we have looked at it already from age, generation, environment, school, I can go on and what has been handed down from whatever to the other, all sort of things. But God's word will wash away most of these impure thoughts. It will cleanse us from defilement, from impure thoughts, as I've already said, and all these, you know, uh, 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 things that are not right. Amen. It will wash these characteristics away if we allow the word of God to look at us as we are and not to think that it is for someone else. Amen? Amen? It will change our values. God's word will change our values. You realize that Satan came to Jesus and he said, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. And he realized that, hey, the, my value is not about only eating bread. Because listen, you eat the bread today like Esau and that will be the end. The Bible said Esau came with tears 
to seek after his destiny. But by that time, he had allowed bean stew, bean stew, lentil, to quench a destiny. How? That's why the Bible said, God said, Esau, I hated Jacob, I love because you sold, you sold your birthright with, with, with bean stew, beans. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? Sometimes what the flesh wants today, what the flesh wants today, let me do this. Oh, this is how I feel. This whatever. Just you get it. Your flesh dictates you and you get it. That is the end of destiny. Because you may never come back and get it. Oh, is someone here with me? Oh, are you sure you are here with me? So let's make sure our values, Jesus knew his value was more than bread. After all, he was going to be on earth for 33 years. And he was allowing bread to change eternity. Ah, he said no. Hallelujah. We'll look at things differently. And different standards. And we'll start to look at God as who he is. We'll look at sin and say this is sin. And we'll look at righteousness and say this is righteousness. Because our values Will be. Don't just please people and just say yes, yes, yes to anything and everything just because you become a, 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 a what do you call a, 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 a people pleaser or you please yourself or anything. No, what is sin is sin. Amen. You got to know what value value is. The word of God causes us to identify with God's purpose. What is God's purpose for your life? Because it will change your motives. The word of God says in Ephesians six seventeen. What does Ephesians 17 say? I'll be ending very soon. I'll be ending very soon. Ephesians 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation. Do you know why? Helmet. All the time you put on the helmet to protect your hair. Isn't it? So, take what? The helmet. The helmet of what? Salvation. And the sword of the spirit. He said the sword of the spirit, but he says, it's for what? which is the word of God. So protect your head. Oh, is the church here with me? He says, protect your head. Protect your head. Protect your head with the sword of the spirit. Is the word of God. So wear a helmet of salvation and protect this head because that is where the devil suggests all, he will bring all those suggestions. He will say all sorts of things. He will make you imagine things. He will make you suggest and have all sorts of things going on in your mind. People will come. You yourself will come. You will read things. You will feel things. You know. He says, protect this herd with the sword of the spirit. It's a sword. Sword. When it comes, cut it off. Cut it off. And protect your head. And put a helmet of salvation. Because that is where he will always use knowledge. He will always use information to try and get into your mind. Hallelujah. And we are told to renew our minds. Renew our minds. If only we want to prove that which is good, acceptable and perfect will of God. So what is the process of transformation? And let me sit down. Reception of the word. Anytime you receive God's word, you see, you should have a heart to receive God's word. We've looked at that already as we we're demonstrating in the mirror. Second Peter 3.18. When you re the reception of God's word is truth intake. Truth intake. But it says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. So grow in the grace and knowledge. 
But you can only grow in the knowledge or in the grace and knowledge of our Lord when you have received. Amen. So that is truth intake. It's like a seed that is being sown. Truth intake. That is growth in knowledge. And also the meditation. Brethren, if we are going to renew our mind, let us receive the word in the knowledge of our Lord. Have truth intake so that when the devil brings the, 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 the what do you call it, the false, we can be able to detect it. Amen? And then meditate. When you are meditating on the word of God, it is truth, digest, uh, 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 truth that is being digested. And this is, this growth leads to understanding. Please watch it. I said, the first one is your growth in knowledge. But having knowledge doesn't mean that that is what it is. Because listen, I'll be finishing soon. Just give me five minutes. Do you know you can put food in your mouth, but it does not necessarily mean that it has been digested. Amen? So, receiving is truth intake. You are growing in knowledge. But that's what I'm saying. A lot of us have the knowledge of the Word of God, but it does not necessarily mean that we have been transformed. But when we meditate on the intake, that is truth digested. Just as when the food is taken in and it goes into a stomach, the, 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 the intestine, all right, what happens? All the uh, whatever that goes on and on and on and on helps it to, to get what digested, break, break, it gets broken in order for you to be able to get into our blood system. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? So that is meditation of the word of God because as you meditate, that is, you are digesting. And also the application of the word is the truth applied. This is growing, a growth in grace. That is, you are applying now the word. And then transformation. As you are growing by, by application, you are only transforming yourself. That is, truth integrated. Amen? Amen? And your, your, your growth is, your, your, your growing in fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Hallelujah. So, pay attention to the thoughts you have. Determine if these thoughts come from God, Satan, or yourself. If it's from the devil, repent and rather agree with God's truth. What does God's word say in that situation anyway? Finally, Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 14. Have you, have, you, have you understood what I've been sharing with you? Amen. Jeremiah 4, 14. Let's read together, all of us. Oh, Jerusalem, wash your heart from wickedness, that you may be saved. How long shall your evil thoughts lodge within you? Basically, what he's trying to say is that there is no change until you begin to change the way you think. There is no change until you begin to change those thoughts that are in your mind. So he says, how long? How long? How long? Amen. 